G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. You might have caught some of the latest news that's come out of the US and understandably there are a lot of people excited about the prospect of forgiving or abolishing university debts for people going through university earning a higher degree. And perhaps it's just a push from a left-leaning president in the lead-up to some midterm elections. But what about Australia? Because already in Australia, there will be those who are agitating for having student loans forgiven here. Bill Muhlenberg's been thinking through the foundations, the politics, the theology of what a Christian might think about forgiving student debt. He's back with us. Bill, welcome back to 2020. Always a pleasure, Neil. Bill, sometimes what happens in America comes to Australia. Is there an agitation in Australia for getting those student debts forgiven for those who have higher education debt? Well, there is, and it's, it's long been there. Anywhere in the West you go, the left has always has a, as a part of its agenda, well, either free so-called education altogether of course, nothing's free. The taxpayer always has to pay, or at least uh, cancelling student debt. Uh, the radical leftist parties here would have that as part of their platforms, and in my discussions of it already, I'm getting plenty of Australians pro and con weighing into it. So just because it's uh, a big news item in America doesn't mean it has nothing to do with us. It actually has everything to do with us. If this uh, goes through full tilt in the U.S., Albanese will be more than likely to want to announce something quite similar here. In fact, we've had, well, just here in Victoria, uh, Dan Andrews, the premier, saying we're going to cancel some student debt, uh, at least nursing and medical students, uh, mainly because he's botched so horribly the medical situation here in Victoria. Healthcare is in a shambles. So he's already picked a page out of Biden's book and saying we're going to cancel at least good hunks of student uh, nursing uh, debt and so on in the hopes of trying to get some of these uh, people back into the system because right now it's really in shambles. Bill, in Australia, lots of us might be able to remember when university education was technically free. And so some might be thinking this is a way to get back to what we experienced one time in our past, perhaps dating back to the 1970s. Yeah, well, uh, as we kind of mooted or hinted at, uh, of course, nothing is free. <laughs> we don't live in such a world. Uh, the idea that government pays for things is equally a misnomer. Uh, governments don't pay for anything simply because they don't earn anything. They don't produce anything. All that governments do is take from the taxpayer and then redistribute as it sees fit. 
So if you had at one point so-called free education, all that mean or meant was uh, taxpayers were slugged that much more so that uh, it could be available. Of course, now you have uh, paid education. You got not just kind of the public system. You got private uh, schools. Some charge more than others. That's been the case in America. Right. If you talk of Ivy League schools, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, they charge your arm and a leg. But even plenty of other smaller colleges uh, charge huge amounts. So when you said at the beginning, some people will be happy. Well, certainly there's at least three classes of people who will be very happy. The students themselves who took out these huge loans, uh, they'll be happy to know that, hey, I don't have to pay it back or at least not all of it. Uh, colleges that do have ridiculously high tuition and fees, which they keep jacking up, if they know that government is now going to be in the business of just suspending or canceling student debt, well, they'll just keep raising fees and tuition. They'll be happy. And of course, the third class would be lawyers who will stand to get a, a, a mint out of this as well. So the ones who will suffer are, of course, the taxpayer, either the ones who never went to college and yet now they're going to be forced to pay the bill, or they did go to college, they already paid off their debt, and by the way, I'm one of them. I worked my way through both uh, my BA and MA, often working full-time as well as being a full-time student. It can be done. It's, It's a heavy loan, but hey, it can be done. So uh, it's the taxpayer who's going to get stuck with this, and this is really unfair for them. It's not just that the government should simply uh, cancel one group's, a minority group's uh, debt and make all the others pay for it in the name of, you know, kind of a vague notion of equity or compassion and the like. Let's talk about this unfairness, uh, just to uh, embed a understanding in here of where a Christian might come from, because what you're talking about is the burden being passed on to the ordinary taxpayer, and uh, that includes those who are in the lower socioeconomic bracket Mm. as well, to pay for the elite-level qualification uh, that will eventually earn that degree holder likely a higher income. So the unfairness, this comes down to uh, the taxpayer, including those who have no benefit from any higher education, paying for those who will have the benefit. Is that the major unfair advantage that people will have in that sense? Yes, well, there's two of them, and that's one, absolutely. It's usually the lower uh, classes, those on not great incomes who get slugged with all of this, whereas, as you say, uh, get a nice cushy degree at a nice cushy university, get a nice cushy job, make a lot of income. Hey, you've had your debt paid for already by these uh, poorer taxpayers. So that's one uh, quite unfair situation. But the other I already mentioned, it's the double jeopardy, right? Uh, let's say, well, like, again, well, use myself. I went to school. I paid my debts. I worked throughout, uh, often full-time. And many other college students did exactly the same. They either paid their way as they were in school or they worked like mad after they graduated and they did 
pay off their debt. But now they're being asked, hey, you got to pay another debt. Some guy you never met who might be getting a degree in gender studies or some, you know, obscure, as many of these theses can be, you're going to get stuck paying for it, even though you've already paid for your own. So that's uh, a second major bit of unfairness. And, uh, uh, well, in America, at least a lot of people are up in arms. They are not happy with Biden's plan at all. So what would be fair would be for people like doctors and lawyers and uh, higher degree earners to bear their own burden for the income they'll eventually earn. Now, bring into this for our understanding your thoughts here, Bill. The fact that it's coming from Joe Biden in the US and the fact that there are considerations happening on the left side of politics here in Australia, is this just another extension of where socialism may be pushing people, abolishing the sorts of things that you might do because you have initiative and you want to get ahead and therefore actually creating some level of disincentive? Yeah, well, it's all part of it, absolutely. Uh, the abolition of private property is at the heart of socialism. Marx made that clear. And at the heart of the free market is the idea of hard work, personal responsibility, taking risks, putting time, money, and effort into something in the hopes that it's going to pay off and you can do well and look after your family. So these really are two competing economic systems. And if you have governments effectively siding with one, effectively pushing a kind of socialistic scheme, and again, governments don't produce anything. What they do is coercively confiscate wealth of others, either through taxation or other means, and then decide to redistribute that wealth as they see fit. Now, a good government will not excessively tax its people, and it will redistribute wealth wisely and carefully. But, well, we're talking about a utopian world there. Most governments aren't uh, quite operating this way. They're much more interested in placating, well, voting blocks and so on. As you say, Biden's got the midterms coming up. Uh, so he wants to keep at least the students happy, helping we'll get their vote, you know, cancel their debt, and they'll vote for us and the Democrats. So sadly, governments tend to do a lot more in terms of political moving and shaking, trying to get votes, trying to keep certain classes happy, whereas genuine fairness, genuine equity, uh, that tends to go out the window. So there's no question there's this whole issue of political economy and uh, social Socialism versus free market. That's part of this overall debate. Bill, if we're talking about how Christians think about debt forgiveness, a lot of people might say, well, let's come back to the Bible. Isn't God into forgiving debts? Aren't mm -hmm. our sins forgiven? What's different? What's different here? Yeah, well, good question. And because I've already written four articles on this very matter, both politics, economics, and biblical theological, I've already had plenty of Christians, whether here in Australia and America, we, well, we'd call them religious uh, lefties, I guess, left-wing Christians who are saying exactly what you mentioned. Oh, the Bible is full of debt forgiveness. Jesus forgave our debt. We should do the same. Well, I mean, it, well, it's apples and oranges. All you have to know is a little bit about student debt forgiveness, which we just discussed, but then you have to know something about 
well, two things. One, the atonement. What did Jesus do at Calvary? And then a set of uh, texts often from the Old Testament that these lefty Christians tend to appeal to, uh, primarily the year of Jubilee and the Sabbath year, both in, say, Leviticus 25. You know, after 49 years, land goes back to its original owner. Uh, that has nothing to do with socialism, of course. It has to do with reverting back private property. Israelites back then, often if they got themselves in a the jam, could willingly uh, sell themselves as indentured servants, uh, which were quite different than, say, modern-day slavery. So if they worked off that debt, uh, fine, they could get back their properties. But even if not, at the end of the 49 year, this year of Jubilee, kicked in. So it had nothing to do with the government forcibly taking money from one group and giving it to another. A, it was all voluntary, and B, as in the case of this student debt thing, it's really targeting or penalizing a third party, the taxpayer. Uh, so again, the uh, Jubilee laws in the Old Testament have nothing to do with this, and the work of Christ on Calvary, where he did take the punishment we deserve upon himself so that we can see our sins forgiven. By the way, the only real clear place in the New Testament that talks about debt being canceled is in Colossians 2. And again, if you study that, and I've just written a piece on it, uh, it's the same thing. Because we owe a debt we cannot pay, uh, the debt to keep the whole of the law, to have perfect obedience. None of us have done it. So we all have this massive sin debt, or IOU. How do we get out of this jam? Well, Jesus canceled that debt and nailed it to the cross, as Paul says, by taking our place, suffering on our behalf, and making forgiveness possible. So again, both Jesus and his work on the cross or the Old Testament debt relief, neither one has anything to do with modern socialist debt reduction or cancellation. So Christians really need to think a little bit more clearly and a little bit more biblically before they jump on the bandwagon of Joe Biden. So things are different if you want to have a flourishing civilization where socialism won't work, where you've got trillions in debt in the US. We've got our trillion dollar debt here. So if we could even afford it, uh, those sorts of things uh, may not necessarily be wise. When the state owns your property, the state owns your education and the state owns your future. Uh, that's not something that Christians would aspire to with a biblical foundation. Uh, leave the burden on those who pursue higher education. Uh, as you say, Bill, you've written four articles about this this week. Uh, there's a number of those that you'll find at Culture Watch. Simply Google Culture Watch one word or go to BillMuhlenberg.com. Bill, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thanks again, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.